we had been told some like creepy story about some like I don't know some sort of like creature in the woods when I was in church camp and I remember it like totally freaking me out for a while <laughs> and I don't remember like what who it was or like what the creature was but I'm kind of wondering now if maybe it was also like a Wendigo story yeah I mean or you were at church camp so it was Satan I feel like that would have been a little harder to forget (laughs) I'm Paige and I'm Megan and this is Spooky Science Sisters Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. It's cryptid time! Uh, today, we're gonna talk about- <laughs> today we're going to talk about Wendigos. But before we get to our discussion, it's time to do something spooky. So, Megan, do you have something spooky to share? Uh, nothing specific, per usual, because... Yeah, this is more like something random <laughs> at this point, like we talked about before. Uh, but I did want to mention, because we are big Wendigo fans around here, uh, that playing the video game Until Dawn a few years ago, which it's been out for... Oh, I want you to guess how many years it's been out so I can tell you how many years it's been out. Oh, and be disappointed. I think it's been out for... I'm going to guess six. Aw, you're right. I would have guessed <laughs> like three, so. <laughs> well, I know I played it. It was five years ago that we played it because I think it was spring 2016 that we played it. And I think it had been out for a little bit by then. All I remember is when we were, I was finishing that game, I had like five people over. And I'm pretty sure you and Steven were um, – like watching our playthrough from your place and we had like a team of five of us and had like all the lights off and it was really dark outside and it was (laughs) so much fun anyways not important (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) uh but until dawn it's been out for six years so i I'm not going to feel bad about spoilers, but they kind of fake you out. But in the end, there's Wendigos. <laughs> so, uh, but apparently I learned for this episode, 
that the mountain that they're on in the game so it's like a group of teenagers who get together at like some family's fancy pants cabin in the woods and they're on Mount Blackwood and I guess that is actually a nod to one of the original pop culture stories about Wendigos which was written by an author named Algernon Blackwood. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And actually reading through a lot of the stuff for today's episode, I was thinking, you know, this is a pretty faithful representation of like why Wendigos become Wendigos and the way that they behave and stuff. So I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I think there was like a pretty popular movie that we had liked recently that was like a Wendigo. Oh, um, there's a Wendigo in Pet Cemetery, right? Oh, you're right. There is. Yeah, but I think right? That's those I think are like pretty fair. I think the ones in Pet Cemetery play like pretty fast and loose with the, the legends about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'll have to watch it again, though, because I I think I've heard that recently. And then I was like, I do not remember there being a Wendigo in that episode. So I have no fucking idea <laughs> what movie I watched. <laughs> uh, I also learned for, during this episode or while doing research for this episode that Guillermo del Toro is involved in a Wendigo movie project Uh, and I guess the movie is called Antlers which I don't know if that's a working title or not but I mean I'm I'm already excited about that (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it yep (laughs) uh okay so Paige do you have anything spooky for this week um, no, I don't really have anything spooky, but I th- do think it's important to mention that I think this is like probably the third or fourth topic that Elliot either has like some sort of fear of or is like excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, you know this, but he has always said that like Wendigos is or Wendigos are like one of those things that have really freaked him out. Um, so. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, I um, we had a whole conversation about it this morning. So, oh, nice. <laughs> Elliot does not think that he's seen a Wendigo, does he? Oh no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but he was a he was a Boy Scout, right? Yeah, he was. Okay, so I mean, Boy Scout in the Midwest seems like prime campfire story time. Right. I'm sure that's where it came from. Yeah. (laughs) We had been told some like creepy story about some like, I don't know, some sort of like creature in the woods when I was in church camp. And I remember it like totally freaking me out for a while. And I don't remember like what, who it was or like what the creature was, but I'm kind of wondering now if maybe it was also like a Wendigo story. Yeah. I mean, or you were at church camp, so it was Satan. (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that would have been a little harder to forget (laughs) you don't know (laughs) uh yes okay so we're excited long story short we're excited about when it goes and i had a couple thoughts coming into this episode which yeah you'll you'll see i feel kind of of justified in feeling these things but first I really felt that Wendigos as we know in pop culture similar to what we talked about with 
skinwalkers, at least briefly when we did the skinwalker ranch episodes, I just had the suspicion like that they're probably just some like bastardized or whitewashed version of actual Native American stories. And my other suspicion was that if there are Wendigo sightings, at least recently, then they're just like freaky looking deer that people are seeing in the woods when they're already <laughs> creeped out because, you know, they're in the woods and it's dark or whatever. That's basically how I feel about like any of these things though, right? Like you talk about, <laughs> like we talk about Bigfoot. It's like people probably just fucking saw an animal in the woods and they didn't know what it was. It's the same thing yeah. here. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> it's just, it's just deer. <laughs> uh, I also have thoughts about your first thought, but we can talk about that later no, as we no. go through the episode. <laughs> Well, no, I agree with you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we will start with a little bit of Wendigo folklore, and then the way the notes went, it sort of just blends into the the science behind it, uh, because, yeah, that's just sort of how the, the legends work in this case. So this was a really cool one. So the most infamous stories of Wendigos come from the Algonquin people in the Great Lakes region up through central Canada. And I didn't know this. So I think that I think I was thinking of them being like, also a Western thing. Like, I think I just sort of grouped together, like, skinwalkers wendigo bingfoot like gotcha (laughs) i think it just sort of like lumped them all together as like oh this is out west somewhere um but yeah so i didn't know that so like we were talking about elliot i remember yeah reading this and thinking oh now i understand why elliot is particularly freaked out by wendigo stories because it's like (laughs) We live in the Great Lakes region. Oh, yeah. He frequently says, like, oh, we're in Wendigo territory now. Yeah. (laughs) And, and like, he he says that, like, now. (laughs) This isn't something he said, like, 10 years ago. He still frequently says, like, oh, we're in Wendigo territory now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, even... Steve, Steven and I have gotten a few texts from Elliot after he's been out walking with Ari. And he's like, you guys, I think we just heard a Wendigo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Though, just so we're clear, the night that we we like totally freaked out. And and I was going to mention this later, but I'll just mention it now because we're already <laughs> talking about it. Um, is that like Wendigo's, you know, it's known or it's in some descriptions they say that um, they can lure people in with their voice and they can actually like mock other voices or sounds oh. to get people to you know believe mm-hmm. th- that it's something that they want to go to so that mm-hmm. they lure them in and so we were walking back one night um, to our apartment after walking Ari and we had heard some uh, alarms some like or, uh, like an ambulance siren or the police were driving by or something mm-hmm. and as soon as they like drove off into the distance and we kind of like heard the sound go away, it came back like <laughs> something in, in the field by us was mocking the sound. It totally Ooh. freaked us out. So we like ran back to the apartment and we, that's we had texted you that night like, oh, we definitely just heard one of the goes. But like it was coyotes just yeah. <laughs> like we know. We know. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I think like owls can make some pretty freaky noises. Coyotes can make some pretty freaky noises. I've heard like raccoons make some pretty weird noises. So there are all sorts of things that you could just be out in the woods and 
they're just regular old animals that make bizarre noises. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And especially in places, which I think we used to have. Yeah. I think there like used to be big cats in this area. At least in Canada, there probably are. But like we've killed them all. Like how big we talking? I mean, like (laughs) cougars or mountain lions. Like were they ever in the Midwest? I think so. Yeah, but like just aren't anymore. But either way, if they were, they make some really bizarre noises. So, yeah. I thought there like maybe still were some. We are not biologists. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. it's uh, So I'm looking at the, the cougar. Yeah. Uh, it once roamed throughout Wisconsin. Oh, okay. But so, it yeah. sounds like maybe it doesn't anymore. Yeah. I bet but they're like, like definitely bobcats here. Okay. Yeah. And they make weird noises. Anyway, there are lots of things in the woods that make weird noises <laughs> that I could see you hearing them and being like, there is a monster out there. But right. really, it's just a regular old animal. Right. Anyway, so let's talk about where Wendigo stories come from. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading your, but also, did you know it gets cold in Wisconsin? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh i forgot to ask that (laughs) you guys will see why in a minute when we get into where these stories come from but i was gonna say but also Paige, did you know that it gets cold in wisconsin (laughs) (laughs) because one page was telling people in ohio that she was moving there that was their response to yeah like very few people were like oh that's great oh good for you it was all just like oh did you know it's cold in wisconsin like (laughs) no i didn't think about that prior to making a move seven hours away from my original home (laughs) yeah but really they should have just been saying oh do you know that's where the wendigos live Uh, okay, so the word Wendigo, where does that come from? And I, before I get into this, I didn't realize that, and maybe this is just my own stupidity, didn't know, realize that there was a difference between Algonquin and Algonquian. Oh, there is? Yeah, because I kept seeing it spelled differently and I'm like, okay, what's the difference? I spelled it Algonquin. No, so Algonquin refers only to like one language where Algonquian apparently refers to an entire language family. Oh, okay. Anyways, so the word Wendigo probably comes from the Proto-Algonquian term, and I'm going to try to say this correctly, Wintekoa? Wintekoa? that's right, Wintekoa. That's how I would say it. Which means owl, though if you look up On some sources, uh, they suggest that it could also mean evil spirit that eats humans or (laughs) cannibal, (laughs) um, depending on the interpretation. So I think that probably they're right. It came from the word owl and, you know, this evil spirit that eats humans is just us changing it to make it sound (laughs) scarier than it is. I don't know. Um, Probably. So then we'll talk a little bit about the characteristics of the, the Native American mythological creature. So this isn't so much what we see in t- you know today's pop culture, um, but how how did the Wendigo come to be and, and what did it start as? Um, and the myth describes the Wendigo as a tall, bony, humanoid-looking creature. It has long limbs, thin and thin, elongated claw-like fingers. It has a terrifying face and sharp teeth. The Wendigo is as tall as a person, but according to the legend, its height grows in proportion to the size of the victims it devours. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, which, like, actually, that is super spooky because, like, 
Imagine that you got bigger every time you ate a steak. (laughs) (laughs) That would be enormous. Uh, Yeah. Well, and and part of that is because it's supposed to represent just this insatiable hunger that it can never, ever quench. What's the word? (laughs) Yeah, that it can never get rid of. Yeah, yeah. That so it just right. like it keeps eating and it keeps growing, and that they so can never satiate. Never, yeah, it can never be satiated. Yeah, <laughs> quench is the word for thirst. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> they could be yeah. thirsty for the blood. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it can never be satiated, and it gets bigger. And I think some of the things said it was up to 15 feet tall. So it's a it's a big guy. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't, from, I don't know what you read about this, but apparently this whole, like, you know, they are large even today, even when you see them in movies, they're, they're mm-hmm. big guys, but they're mm-hmm. almost more like beastly looking with these giant antlers. And it sounds like that really wasn't the original Wendigo. Like that isn't when the Native Americans were telling the story, that wasn't what it necessarily looked like they didn't have these big antlers that was something that kind of um came to be with modern day pop culture yeah i heard the exact same thing which i had no idea because i had only ever seen the depictions with the enormous antlers and or like the you know rotting deer head or deer skull or whatever on its head so i thought that that was just what the legend was but turns out that's just like a creepy pasta modern day invention and yeah like Paige said that depiction is quite a bit different from what is presented by actual indigenous creators and the original you know Native American stories and uh, the other thing I learned about pop culture Wendigos is that apparently a Wendigo shows up in the My Little Pony cartoon at some point so (laughs) But, like, why? I don't know. <laughs> I did not take the time to Google it, but I'm going to leave that to listeners to Google. I was like, do I want to Google this? And I thought, no, that's probably going to lead down some really weird paths. So oh, I, I absolutely don't. am doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> fine, fine. You guys are going to Google My Little Pony Wendigo. These Wendigos sort of look like... They're they pretty. They're pretty, yeah. But they they're look like, like a more like, like ice horse. Well, Pegasus. I mean, it's my little pony. But like, yeah, they sort of look like like more like wind spirits. So I don't think that this is a... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but I think they're still like evil though, right? Are they? They are they winter the spirits. Ponies? They are winter spirits that feed off of fighting and hatred between others and create blizzards and freezing freezing weather. Okay. So there's a little there's a little hint of the original mythology there. Right. We're going to go out down a really random rabbit hole really quick and then we will get back here. <laughs> so <laughs> wait what <laughs> we're going down a page rabbit hole really okay. fast Great. okay so i frequently will say like oh i'm so hungry i could eat my own arm and we mm-hmm. recently had a discussion about this at work would eating your own arm still be considered cannibalism i think cannibalism is just straight up you eat human flesh so that's I what i matters. said yeah i don't think it matters if it's your flesh or somebody else's. You're a cannibal. Oh, wait. But see, this says it's the act of consuming another individual of the same species. What does? Is it like a like a dictionary definition or? Well, hold on. 
That may have been Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I just yeah, and this just says eating of human flesh by humans. Okay, well that that's a question that I've been. That's something I've been pondering ever since yeah. we discussed it at work. Okay, so are, do we think it's Wendigos are Algonquin or they're Algonquian? I so that's part of the reason I brought that up is because as I read through every source that I read, like seemed to use it interchangeably. Um, okay. Or like, you know, would specifically use one of the two, but but then like the other, another source would use the other. So I don't know really. Okay. So this says from one of the articles that I read off of BackstoryRadio.org uh, says the stories come from a diverse mix of many different cultures and nations. The people share a similar a set of similar dialects of the Algonquian language. As a result. They're often referred to as Algonquian peoples. But, yeah, if you look through, like, it'll just say Algonquin in general. Right. Hmm. Which might just be, like, a more specific. Yeah. I think that Algonquin is just, like, a, a subgroup, I guess is maybe a right way to say it. Okay. Of uh, but, like, the Algonquian, of the Algonquian tribes. Maybe. Okay. Great. So that's how I'm understanding it. So if I am totally incorrect, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But then ignore my earlier thing saying Algonquin because it should be Algonquian, which is funny because I was listening to podcasts for this and heard Algonquian and I was like, does this person just not know how to pronounce Algonquin? That's why I looked it up. Yeah. Because I had, yeah. I was reading it and I heard it differently and I was like, I don't know what's happening. So yeah. Well, good on you, Paige, because there you go. <laughs> we, we, I'm learning so many things <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I thought this would be like sort of straightforward, but yeah, I learned a lot of things. Okay. So the, the legend, uh, <laughs> but these <laughs> come from the Algonquian belief system. And yeah, so I did know in the notes that that's a larger group that encompasses a number of tribes and subgroups. And if you do want to learn more about that, which clearly I did not pay close enough attention, but the Time Suck episode on Wendigos does actually do a good job of breaking down all of the different indigenous groups in the United States, basically pointing out that, you know, he didn't realize how diverse some of these were and how many tribes there are. And so it's really beneficial to familiarize yourself with those. So go, go learn about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go listen to that episode too, because yeah. I did not. And uh, I, I learned, I mean, I, I definitely learned that there is a much larger number of tribes than I knew about. And like, yeah. I just, I didn't realize like how many like groups and subgroups there were. So yeah. I will be listening. But you still did your due diligence and looked it up. So, you know. <laughs> Pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, Paige, where do legends of Wendigos originate? Um, so the Wendigo was originally, and, and it still like sort of is, but it mm -hmm. was originally a warning of greed. And specifically, and we've already talked a little bit about cannibalism, and <clears throat> that's going to play a big part in this because cannibalism is considered one of the most 
dishonorable acts a human could perform. And so eating human flesh, even if it's out of complete necessity, um, the stories would say that it would put you at risk to being turned into a Wendigo. Uh, So don't eat your friends or this is what's going to happen to you. (laughs) Similar to the boogeyman in that if you don't go to sleep at night, the boogeyman will get you. Oh, Um, yeah. And this time the answer actually is cannibalism. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited. Unlike the the Roanoke episode where it was like, no, it's definitely not cannibalism. This time around, it's like, it is cannibalism. Actually, is it cannibalism? (laughs) This this story really originated, at least from the reading that I did, it sounds like it originated during the harsh winters in North America, there would be, you know, famine and extreme need was really common. And so tribes would tell the story of the Wendigo to warn others what could happen to them if they resorted to cannibalism. So like I said, it was this, it was this warning of, hey, I know you guys are going to get hungry and <laughs> it's going to get, you know, it's going to get scared. There's going to be a lot going on here in the next couple months. You guys are going to need some food, but like don't eat your buddies or else. <laughs> yeah. Your friends and family are going to start to look real tasty come like <laughs> February-ish, but don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, it was just like, it was just a story to warn people off of eating their friends, which, you right. know, fair enough. Well, so, and that's why we brought up the cold earlier and the fact that Wisconsin is cold because yeah, part of this is having those really harsh winters and being low on food and supplies. And the other characteristic that Wendigos are said to have is that they have no lips or like rotting soft tissue around their face or that they even like chewed their lips off. Uh, But this may be a nod to the effects of extreme frostbite Mm. on facial features. Good point. Yeah, and some of the stories, which I guess is sort of My Little Pony related, (laughs) (laughs) or My Little Pony pulled from this, is that Wendigos are sometimes said to have a heart made of ice, uh, or sometimes just like they look like a freaky humanoid, but they are actually made of ice. So fire is supposed to be one of the ways that you can fight Mm, against them. Gotcha. Yes. I have a comment about the physical characteristics of Mm -hmm. the Wendigo because I saw – I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen what modern-day pop culture has done to it. But, like, you see a lot of descriptions of the physical characteristics. But I also had read several places that the original um, stories would say that, like, nobody has seen a Wendigo except for its victims, so, like, oh, I kind yeah. of wonder, like, when the physical characteristics got added to the story. Because I'd imagine that, like, originally they probably didn't describe what it lo- what it looks like, right? Cause yeah. Didn't- yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Just. Uh, yeah. No, I, I definitely saw that as well in some of the reading that I did, that nobody actually knows what it looks like except for its victims. So, So I don't know why there are stories about what they look like. But there are also stories of people being, like, cured of being a Wendigo. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if some of it comes from that or, like, yeah. Okay. I don't know. But the stories are a little bit loose, though, because so one way of getting turned into a Wendigo or sort of the main way was you had to commit this act of cannibalism and 
then you'd turn into a Wendigo. So the story really comes from a warning against that, as we said. But apparently you could also get turned into a Wendigo if you were cursed by a shaman or if you dreamed of one. So it's like a little loose <laughs> as oh. to how you become one. So you could become one just by dreaming. I thought it was that like the Wendigo could come to you in your dreams and it would it would like tell you to your well, friends. yeah, I think it's like I think that's sort of correct too. Like it's, okay. it, it sort of like possesses you, but like via your dreams. Okay. So I don't know. So I mean, who knows? That's probably like some sort of weird sleep paralysis thing, like getting meshed in with the Wendigo, right? <laughs> Mythology. So, like Paige said, Wendigos are still used as a warning against greed and gluttony and excess. Uh, although I guess today the stories have morphed uh, into more of a warning against the excesses present in capitalism and colonialism rather than sort of like, oh, do we have, you know, enough food to last through the winter? Like, right. don't go snacking on your friends. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And then because I apparently just like lumped all these things together because I didn't have enough knowledge about various Native American uh, mythology and legends, I wanted to look into, you know, how are Wendigos different from skinwalkers? Because obviously now I know that they're different, but I think in the past I thought of them interchangeably. So Paige, you took some notes on that. Yeah. So first thing that I didn't put on here, but skinwalkers, which I guess we know now because we did the Skinwalker Edge episode, are really more uh, – like the stories come from like the southwest, right? Yeah. Southwest. Or like west. Slash west-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And skinwalkers are actually harmful witches who they're able to shapeshift. They use spiritual forces to cause harm to others. And frequently skinwalkers start as healers. So they actually start as the good guy and then decide to transition into using their powers for evil. Once This just freaked me out. So once a skinwalker has been initiated, they receive the powers to be able to to shapeshift so like they first have to be i guess like initiated by this like specific group but apparently it's like a secret society but apparently to be initiated they first have to kill a family member which i guess isn't that different from having to eat a family member to become a wendigo <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah and the skinwalker as i recall the skinwalker mythology is is complicated because it's been, I mean, even more so than I think Wendigos, it's been turned into something that it's not. Like the stories that that white people tell about them basically are just like nothing how they're actually supposed to be in Native American culture. But yeah, right. I did think that that was a similar thing. Like you have to commit some act of murder against someone close to you in order to be turned into. So it's sort of like the same kind of vibe where, you know, it's a warning against doing something like that. Right. So the the I just thought it was so cool that the legend 
behind the Wendigos that we basically just, we have this understanding now that it comes from a very real concern. Like, hey, don't go eating people because that's really terrible. So we're going to invent this story to try to prevent you from doing that when you get really desperate. Right. So on one hand, the Wendigo was seen as, or turning into a Wendigo was seen as a punishment for this. I did uh, listen to one podcast that suggested that the Wendigo stories were also sort of used as a justification, as in like, you know, oh, I, you know, I ate my family because like I was really hungry and starving, but like I'm just going to blame it on this Wendigo spirit as like a scapegoat so that way I feel less guilty about having had to do this you know yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway so I think some of it was maybe used in that way as well but I, that was only from like one source that I saw that so I'm not clear that that's an official that's official like thing. thing well I mean I guess people sort of do which we'll talk about in a minute with the Wendigo psychosis but it's sort of the same thing right mm-hmm. yeah um, pretty much <laughs> Also, we talked about this briefly before the episode started, but for the for the punishment part, like, so in the beginning, we called this a cryptid episode. And I asked Megan, like, is it really considered a cryptid? And as I'm sitting here, like, I feel like it's more of like a boogeyman. You know, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I I think I pretty commonly see it on lists of cryptids. But since it's more of this, yeah, like humanoid creature slash warning system it's probably a little bit closer to a boogeyman than a cryptid like no one actually thinks there's wendigos running around well some people (laughs) might well yes and that's that's a separate issue and (laughs) and like i understand that like there's it's still an important cultural thing but absolutely right yeah anyway (laughs) uh okay so the big thing here is that, yes, it's cannibalism this time. Uh, <laughs> but one of the, I think, more, I guess, uh, more upsetting things about the Wendigo stories is that some of it is related to stigmas around mental illness. So with respect to cannibalism, there was a quote from a How Stuff Works article about Wendigos that said, anthropologists have struggled to find proof of specific instances of cannibalism, instead believing Wendigo to be a catch-all term for mental illness among indigenous tribes in North America and Canada. So basically, you have these indigenous peoples who are using the term Wendigo as just like a catch-all for any mental illness. And that, Mm. you know, people who are accused of being Wendigos often suffered from like a wide range of mental problems, but they sort of grouped it all together in this one thing. So yeah, so it was interesting to see that like, even within that culture, you have, yeah, like this this sort of stigma and misunderstanding of 
mental illness and and what's going on. Yeah, because a lot of times I read some of these stories and we'll talk about a couple of them and I think like that kind of just sounds like somebody who has like schizophrenia who needs help. Right. And like, <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense that they're all just kind of lumping it together. That That's sad. So that sort of brings us to this this thing called Wendigo psychosis, which some have argued is like an actual psychological disorder and a distinct thing, uh, but that may be a misunderstanding. So Wendigo psychosis is the uncontrollable desire to consume human flesh, importantly, even when other food is available. But some of these stories don't, or at least one of these big stories doesn't match up with that. But it is not included in the DSM-5, which DSM stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And presumably the five means that we are on like the fifth edition of that. So it's not an officially recognized mental disorder or mental illness. Basically, and this is so fascinating to me, but it is a culture-specific mental illness that some anthropologists think was born because early, earlier anthropologists misunderstood, like I mentioned, that Native Americans were using the term Wendigo as a catch-all for a lot of different mental illnesses. That said, there are accounts from early missionaries and traders and colonizers in these areas that tell stories that sound, you know, like it's a specific mental illness that these people were experiencing. So I think there's like a little bit of debate, like, is Wendigo psychosis an actual thing or like is it just a misinterpretation of this catch-all term right yeah i had read that that a lot of anthropologists like first i guess like found it interesting or first got like i guess excited about looking into it because when they first when wendigo Wendigo psychosis was first talked about it was like as they started digging into it like it stopped existing like the more they looked into it the less it was happening so they were like, um, right. that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was just more of like a cultural right. phenomenon that like as the world modernized, it sort of just went away. Right. On its own as we probably as they had a better understanding of like, oh, mental illness is a thing. Like it's not that some evil spirit is taking over you. So for with Wendigo psychosis, they say that sometimes the Wendigo comes to you in your dreams and it penetrates your mind, which will cause you to become violent. And this is when you develop that hunger for human flesh. So that brings us to, I guess, the first Wendigo story that we've got. And um, this is about a man named Swift Runner, who is a Cree Indian who took his entire family to a campsite and murdered them. The police found his family when they came back to the campsite, found his family's bones scattered around his cabin. Was it his cabin? I thought it was a cabin, not a campsite, but either way. Either way, they were separated from, they were separated from the main tribal group. Like I had read that they got, you know, expelled from the main group. So they were basically having to just rough it on their own without the support of oh, the others. See, interesting. Cause I had read 
um, funny how it's like, it's one of those stories that's probably changed so many times. Yeah. Um, that he had, I guess, like at some point, like turned to drinking and like disappeared with his family and they didn't really know where he went. Oh. And then he came that like later he came out and you'll talk about it a little bit, but like he, it, it just seemed suspicious when he came back. And so that's why they went back to his campsite or his cabin or wherever it was and, and, and took a look at it. So yeah. either way, <laughs> um, they get there and they find the family's bones scattered. But I guess more importantly, the bones had been cracked open and the marrow, and they, they were hollowed. So the marrow had been sucked out or taken out in some way. Um, and they had also found a pot full of human fat. <laughs> Which just like gives me chills. <laughs> yeah, no, the we won't do a super detailed story, but there are a couple podcasts that do a detailed look into it, and it is it's horrifying. Like, yeah, and and I read a couple different versions of this. So again, like there must have been some sort of you know twisting around of the story over the years because there are different versions. I think. Definitely he killed his entire family. Right. It's possible that his son, one of his sons died of starvation first. And like, then he was like, well, you know, I'm not going to die. So I'm going to eat the rest of you. But yeah, I, I had heard that, you know, he came back to town after this hard winter and was like looking suspiciously well fed. <laughs> uh, I also heard that. He was very emaciated, and when he showed back up, he was like, oh, my family died of starvation, so they're not around anymore, and they thought that was suspicious, but either way, the police go check this out, but I mean, like, really just like, fuck this guy. Like, he murdered his infant baby and right. ate it, so. Right. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. It's I not great. Know. It's not <laughs> great. <laughs> this is, here we go. We've, like, sort of accidentally with this episode done our first spooky true crime. I know. I had that thought when I was looking at this. I was like, oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> um, so he claims that the Wendigo had cut, had come to him in his dreams. And he says first to call on him to consume the other people or the people around him. And then the Wendigo took, takes over his mind and took control of him. And, um, a quote that I had read was, finally, he was Wendigo and Swift Runner no longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, the police pick him up because they're like, oh, we found your whole fucking family murdered. And he confesses to these crimes, but blames it on the Wendigo. But it's like, right. okay, well, now you're like, now you're not the Wendigo anymore. How did you fix yourself? We don't Right. Know. <laughs> How are you no longer Wendigo? Yeah. Um, so... What's important here is that he was found guilty. Um, he was executed for his crimes. So, like, the police did not buy the Wendigo story. Very sad. <laughs> I mean, it is very sad, yeah. And, I mean, this was in the 1800s, I think? The 1880s? I th did I say? I may have missed the year, but I think that sounds right. Yep, 1878 is the winter when he kills his family, I think. Okay. And then executed in... 1879 which like you know obviously if a wendigo had really come to him and told him to like or had taken over his body mm -hmm. then it's like very sad that he gets executed for it but it's like i really i mean either way it's sad <laughs> because i think this guy probably just had 
like I said, like schizophrenia or like something else going on where he like likely just needed some help. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it is they probably I mean, his son, if if that part of the story is accurate, like his son did die of starvation first. So, I mean, that's losing a child is really rough mentally on a parent. And presumably by that point, everybody's in pretty bad shape mm-hmm. and not doing great, like because they're starving to death somewhere out in the woods. And part of the evidence used against him was that there was some sort of supply post like 25 miles away, which was people argue close enough that he should have like gone to it and tried to get food and stuff for his family. So there was, yeah, there was something seriously wrong. I think that happening with him mentally and my guess is that once the police pick him up this whole Wendigo story is probably just some sort of like dissociative technique to yeah distance yeah. himself from the reality of what he did. Well yeah, it's like you said earlier it's it's his justification. Yeah. Yeah, for- so in this case like it sort of is justification because I'm sure for him it was like easier to process mentally to just say like oh well you know this evil spirit made me do it mm-hmm. but at the time and in the situation i yeah <laughs> it's like not not impossible to imagine how somebody might get that desperate if they were having like other mental issues you know right yeah anyway it's very, very sad, sad. <laughs> And my story is equally not so great. (laughs) So one of the other sort of true stories, quote unquote, true stories, uh, because, you know, there aren't really Wendigos, but they were obviously very important and very real, I guess, in cultural terms. But uh, a man named Jack Fiddler, which is an, an, it's not his actual Indian name, obviously, like it's a, a, what are the word I'm looking not British, but not Americanized because they were in Canada, but whatever. <laughs> it's a, a name that was anyway. Jack Fiddler was an OG Cree man who claimed that he hunted and even sometimes cured people of Wendigoism. And he claimed to have defeated, so this is like I think either killed or cured. 14 Wendigos in his lifetime. And he was doing this along with his brother. I guess sometimes he had even been asked by family members to kill a sick loved one before they became a Wendigo. So they had somebody in their family who was very ill and they were worried about them turning into a Wendigo. So they wanted to have this guy kill them before that happened and before it hurt the other family members though i suppose that's like not much different than euthanasia right right yeah so to me it's like potentially these were people who were dying already but it also could have just been coming back to that you know mental health stigma that they weren't people that were gonna die but they were people who had severe mental illnesses that they didn't understand and yeah so they thought like oh we just need to get rid of them so that's very sad for those people involved although one source suggested that 
sick individuals themselves like actually asked him to kill them to like try to spare their family them completing this conversion into a wendigo so that's like a little bit more complicated when they actually asked him to do it to them but he and his brother eventually get arrested for murder because the canadian mounties hear about this and go up to investigate he ends up being imprisoned but escapes and commits suicide in 1907 before the trial and this is another super interesting case because he and his brother basically just get caught up in this colonial canadian legal system Importantly, with news articles and court documents at the time reflecting that they were following quote unquote pagan beliefs. But Jack Fiddler and his brother, nor their community members, understood that and like didn't view his actions as criminal. They viewed them as him saving them from, you know, this creature that was going to eat them all alive it's not like it's not like they were viewing this guy as a murderer who came in and just like took you know the life of somebody they oh love for no no reason and they weren't like looking for him to get punished or for them to get punished like they were happy that he did the things yeah the family yeah the family members of these people who got killed like didn't see him as committing some crime they saw him as helping them out and like also they probably saw it as a good thing for the person that he killed because they didn't end up turning into a wendigo but it's sad all around because it's sad for him and his brother because you know they've got this whole kind of cultural conflict with the canadian mounted police moving in and and imposing this different you know form of justice and different legal system on them but it's obviously also very sad for the people that he killed because I think in some cases it was just like some misunderstood mental illness that they right. were suffering from. Like it wasn't that they were going to turn into a Wendigo. So that's just a real bummer. But <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Yeah. And it's also an interesting thing because it's in the case of this other guy, Swift Runner. Yeah. It's like he's using it as a justification. And so you sort of just think like, oh, well, fuck that guy. Like he, you know, killed his entire family. Right. But then on the flip side, like with this Jack Fiddler guy, it's like hard to be super mad at him because it's not like he was breaking any specific. Well, I mean, I guess he was sort of breaking a law, but like he wasn't breaking a law that he saw as a law. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing that we'll touch on is these more modern slash creepypasta stories and sightings. Here's my take on that. I think it's just people out in the woods who see a deer on their hind legs or they see a moose and they get freaked out and think that it's like some mythological creature. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> and I agree. based on like the modern, uh, the modern depictions of them as like having the the deer head, right, right, or the antlers, and like deer do stand on their hind legs. So yes, <laughs> it's well, and that's like I mean that's the same thing that they say with Bigfoot sightings. Like, um, it's probably like a bear on its hind legs, but right. sure, whatever. Right. <laughs> and one other thing that I had seen mentioned with more modern sightings if the antlers are involved, uh, is 
that chronic wasting disease might be a factor, which we talked a little bit about when we did the zombie episode with Rebecca. So Paige, did you want to review the symptoms of that? Yeah, it is. It is a disease that can affect deer species, um, elk and moose. So, you know, it's a lot of the animals that you would, I guess that people could see and think like, oh man, that's a Wendigo. Um, But the symptoms of it are drastic weight loss, um, stumbling, drooling. There are some other neurological symptoms, but I think that the weight loss is probably the thing that would make it most Wendigo-like, just because it would make it, you know, they say that the Wendigos are typically like emaciated and 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 very very thin because they're they can't stop eating and, or they're not they're always hungry. I, I don't know. I don't know that this even has anything to do with it. To be honest, I mean, I think no, it could. I I just thought like if you saw a deer that was like sort of like behaving weird and like looked really emaciated and freaky and and oh yeah, sure, was, like, sure stumbling sure. around in the woods, you might think like. That is not a regular deer. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just I'm just making the point that I don't know that it has to be stumbling around for people to freak out about it. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, people um, like could just see a regular ass deer in the woods and be like, right. it's a Wendigo, run. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think that like sure, it, it's stumbling around and it, it being like super thin and and um acting kind of funky definitely, you know, would make people more worried about it. And it it is important, I guess, to mention that um I looked at a map of like the like I guess like the most common areas for chronic wasting disease like where they Mm. see the most cases of it Mm -hmm. and it looks like it's primarily in Canada and northern North America so like conveniently the same place (laughs) where like Wendigos exist (laughs) or people think they exist there you go uh yeah and the other thing to the point that it like could just be regular deer or moose or whatever that people are seeing and mistaking for something is that I also think that moose are much larger than most people realize. Like they are enormous animals and they're very tall. And so I also wonder like if people are seeing them, you know, in the dim woods and, and thinking like that is, that is something otherworldly. That's not a regular animal. Which like maybe that's a good thing because moose are fucking terrifying and people aren't afraid of them like they should be yes you should be more afraid of moose encounters than you should be of wendigo encounters because <laughs> moose have i'm pretty sure they've killed people like they oh are, yeah there's like super territorial yeah i have seen one in real life and it was fucking sweet but like yeah i was so glad to be so far away from it yeah. and like if i were just like walking through the like I don't know, just walking around somewhere and saw one of those things, like I would just, I just be like, come get me because I know I'm fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah. Like you said, they can be very territorial and like they'll charge at people. So yeah. again, if you like see this massive antlered animal and like it's all of a sudden running at you, like you're probably not thinking super clearly. Again, I think like a very possible candidate for somebody thinking it's something mythological and otherworldly but it's really just a regular old animal right right so anyway but that's for modern sightings so just to point out that like yes (laughs) like i suspected (laughs) (laughs) wendigos have been changed from their representation in like actual native american culture (laughs) i had read something and i I don't remember the quote exactly but i had read Mm -hmm. something that was like um you know, like the Native American oral tradition was like passed down, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, 
<laughs> and then the white man took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me giggle. <laughs> yeah, that's totally possible too. I don't actually know like if that is a thing, but yeah, it's possible that the whole time they're like, yeah, we know this is like a fucking metaphor or whatever, an allegory for you know not eating people or like it's just a story meant to scare you or teach you a lesson or whatever right. and then like the white people hear those stories and they're like oh my god there's <laughs> crazed creatures running around the woods they know about them they were telling us about them so i don't know but also like wouldn't you tell all the white people those stories to be like stay the fuck out of my woods for sure <laughs> so maybe there's that aspect to it as <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this is another episode where we probably need uh, supervision from an anthropologist. <laughs> okay. You have anything else before we uh, blow this popsicle stand? We got nothing. <laughs> other than I thought that this was such a cool topic to cover. And I, yeah, like I keep saying, I just think it's, super interesting that that it was like all a warning against <laughs> right don't eat your friends <laughs> it's really it's a boogeyman yeah yeah i think you're right i called it a cryptid at the beginning it's probably more of it's boogeyman adjacent at least yeah all right spooky people well that wraps up this episode on wendigos come back in two weeks for our interview with dr brian regal on cryptozoology if you like this episode hit subscribe and share with a friend you can find us on twitter and instagram at spooky SciPod, facebook at spooky science sisters and at our website spooky if you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for any future episodes email us at spooky science sisters at gmail.com as always thank you for listening and stay spooky Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal or murder, join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, by using the handle at three spooked girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. 
But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.